What if you could learn how to root yourself in God's truth for your motherhood? What if you could become confident in Christ as you lived out every day of your motherhood, interacting with your kids, praying about what new stages you're coming into with different children, having a gospel perspective, not just for your own life, but even seeing how God is working in your kids' lives. So often we feel unbalanced, defeated, and exhausted because we do not have our mind anchored in what God says. We have our mind anchored in the fact that we need to know the right thing or we need to do the right thing. I want to invite you to join me in a course. It's a six-week course, and we are going to be talking about resetting your mind when your motherhood seems hard, so that in every day moving forward, you can be anchored in the one who has all the answers, and you can be confident, and you can be at rest. Come and join me. The link is down in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to When God Breaks Through a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I am so glad that you are here today as we talk about the last part of being in this study called Back to the Basics. We have been taking apart the basics of the gospel I have been trying to paint for you some pictures of what really the gospel is all about. Because I think for a lot of us, me included, I've heard these words or I've heard these concepts and yet they, they seem to not be real in my very life. They're just things I say, yes, I agree to that, but they're not real. And so we have spent the last month working through um, the peace of God, the mercy, that God's mercy meets our mistakes, that His grace is given to us, that joy will take away or overcome despair. And now finally this week, we're actually going to talk about purpose. You see, so often with, for me, in my story of walking with Jesus, it seems like purpose, what we do, is almost always the lead. No matter what I've heard, it's always the lead of, and you should do this, 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 this. And I've intentionally held this to the very end, and it's one-fifth of a series on the basics, because you're doing is not part of the gospel story. It is a reaction to the gospel story, and it is the fruit that comes from being in the gospel story, of understanding what Jesus has done for you. But the only way that we can understand is we have to go through these truths, 
We have to begin to apply them into our lives. We have to begin to sow these seeds and hang on to these scripture anchors when the day is hard and return and keep retelling ourselves the gospel story and listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks it over and over again, saying, it's not about you being good. It's not about an expectation that you're going to bring certain things to this table. It is all about my son, Jesus. And I have run the entire length of the football field for you to rescue you. But we have to keep resetting our mind on this. I have been inviting you to join me in a course called Resetting Your Mind When Motherhood Feels Hard because I have said that I believe that motherhood is a place where this struggle gets highlighted. It's like we take a big pink highlighter and we just just paint it all over insecurity. We paint it all over performance, striving. We paint it all over I should, I should, I should, because it is highlighted in motherhood that these are belief systems that are false. They're bad storylines, but they're the storylines that the world tells us and they're the storylines of an enemy who wants to take us out. And we need to reset our mind every day. Every day I have to go back to this truth Most days a lot. Like if you hung out with me for an entire day and I just kind of held my hand up every time mentally, I'm going, Bethany, remember the truth that you are loved more than you can ever imagine, more than you will ever deserve. And it's okay that you just mess that up. Reconcile completely with that child. Repent fully and freely before me. And know that I love you. Like the repetition of the gospel story has to be on repeat in my mind. Because I'm so quick to forget. I'm so quick to go back to the old way of thinking. And I think for most of us, we struggle with this. So today, the last part of this is what then does God say in his gospel story about our purpose. And again, this is not a motherhood uh, concept. This is a, this is your life concept. Yes. Does it play out in motherhood? Yes. And so we're setting it inside of motherhood, but I'm going to try to show you how it sits inside of all the roles of all the parts of you. You have great, tremendous purpose. It's not because I say you do. It is because God on high declares it. If we start this in Isaiah, Old Testament truths, God declaring his great and mighty love for you. He says in Isaiah 43, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. 
verse 4 says, Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. And then down in verse 7, he says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You have been made by God for purpose. And that purpose is his glory. You see, there's not a single thing, not a single action of God, not a single thing that occurs uh, anywhere in our world system, anything that is happening that is not designed for God's glory, you included. No matter how messy everything is right now, and you go, there cannot be any glorious thing that can rise out of this ashes. I promise you, God is at work for his glory. And the invitation for you and me as we start this conversation is to understand that this is the declaration God makes and we get to choose whether we believe him or not. But that choosing of belief, that is incredibly important. And the enemy wants to rob you of that and he wants to lie to you and say that's not true for you. Not in that matter. Keep that one hidden. Not over there. Not what you did then. And he wants to point out all the knots. Yet God says, I have redeemed you. All of you. Every last bit of you. And I've called you by name. You are mine. So if God is ours, Old Testament truth, totally held up in New Testament teachings, both out of Jesus's mouth and out of um, the rest of the writers of the New Testament, that God's God's purpose is his glory. And the gospel story says that's what he's about in his people's lives. Then what oftentimes we hear or we believe becomes is, is a false truth. Because what oftentimes, when I sit with other women, what will inevitably happen is they'll say, well, I mean, Bethany, I try to have my quiet time like as much as I can. It's hard for me to get up in the morning, but I try and have it. And I, you know, I ask the Lord to help me in my day and I am praying to him. And I mean, we go to church, we have a great church that we go to and we, um, You know, I pray, I I play worship songs in the morning for my kids when they're getting ready. And I'm working hard to raise these kids to know who God is. And I need to know how to do that better. And all of these things, this is, this is what is said to me. And those, they, they sound great, great things to say, but they're not your purpose. They're not your purpose. Your purpose here is not to read your Bible and and be a good prayer. Now, before somebody, I want, please listen to me all the way through because I'm going to clarify this, but that's not your purpose. Your purpose is not to raise good kids in motherhood. Your purpose is not to have a a good marriage. Your purpose is not to be a kind person. Your purpose is not to help the person on the street. Your pur- These are not your purpose. These are outflows 
that happen when you are centered on your purpose. They will be natural rivers that flow out of you when you are centered in your purpose. But we've got to get this right. In motherhood, we've got to get it right, but we've got to get it right. We've got to put these pieces in the right place. The gospel is the gospel because God does it all. And then our response and the awe of sitting with Jesus, of understanding what he has done, is the fact that he fills us with living water. As it talks about in John, he says, and out of you, streams of living water will flow. But it is because you're sitting and you're understanding and you're seeing that this is all about Jesus. It's all about him. And he has done the work from beginning to end. And he has invited you because he loves you. You are precious in his sight. And so he has redeemed you and he has called you by name and he has declared you his. And from that space of awe and worship, there can become a flow of reading your Bible and praying because you're praying to the one who has done it all. And the heartbeat to help and to care and to just spills out in your language every day with your kids is because you're tied into, you are sourced with the one who has done it all. But we have to be really careful and guard our minds because so easily it can shift to what we are doing instead of whose we are. And what he has done. So your purpose is to glory. Bring glory to God. For him to glory through your life. So what does that mean? Sounds great. What does that practically mean? Well, it means a couple of things. It means that, number one, scriptures like Philippians 1 or Ephesians 5 become alive because we are eyes just locked on Jesus. It says in Ephesians 5, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God. As beloved children. Well, what came right before that? Because I think it's important, right? Therefore, that means something happened right before. He says in verse 32 of 4, he says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. There's that gospel. Paul goes, look at Jesus. He forgave you. He forgave you fully. Therefore, be imitators of him as beloved children. So we are locked into the one who is the forgiver of all. And we long to imitate him because we understand our place as his beloved child. And then it says in verse 2, and walk in love as Christ loves us and gave himself up for us. 
You see, this isn't, and walk in love, do the best you can, be as nice as you can be, fake it till you make it. This is in walk in love as Christ loved you. So that means that when we begin to be easily swayed into going, I just got to be nice today. I just got to act loving. It's that fruit on a stick mentality of last week that we talked about. It's rotted. And we need to go back to Jesus and go back to how does Jesus love me? Because that's going to be the way I can love someone else is when I am tied in and tapped in to Jesus and his love for me, then I understand my purpose and he flows through me. Whether it's in motherhood to a hard kid who is just stretching you beyond anything you've ever experienced before. Hello, teen years and preteen years. Those attitudes can be really challenging, right? And there would be so many days for me in those preteen and adolescent years where I would say, just be nice, just be nice, just be nice, just be nice to myself. Until God said, stop being nice. It's not working. Be aligned with me. Pray to me. Seek my face. Walk in every moment with your kid going, Jesus, I need you. Because the more my eyes are on him, the more he flows out of me. And then being nice is not really the thing. Compassion flows out of me. There have been so many times where God has realigned my heart for a child who I believe is just got an attitude problem. And in compassion, I can see the hurt and the insecurity and the pain and the self-doubt and the fear wrapped deep inside of their heart. Because I have actually stopped trying to be and started dwelling with the one who knows it all. But our purpose is this, Ephesians 5, to be an imitator of him, to love the way he loves. And then I love in Philippians, it says, says this, and this to me has been a phrase that I have clung to more than well, these two phrases. I think that they just sit in almost parallel unity. And so I hear them a lot in my mind, and I thought I would share them today as part of purpose. Is uh, Philippians 1, where, Jesus, uh, where Paul is talking about to live is Christ. It's his famous, this um, uh, section. A lot of us know it. Uh, you know, we hear it a lot. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we hear that a lot, but I want us to actually look in this passage because there's something here that I believe, especially as moms, and remember, this is just a highlighter, but this can be in your marriage. It's true in your marriage. It's true in your friendships. It's true in your role as a daughter. It's true in your role as a sister. This is the truth. The truth is, it says right here, it says, he says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Purpose. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh 
is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. This is huge. It's huge for us on the hardest days we ever have, relationally with whoever. You see, God is a God of relationship. His primary primary thrust is relationship with us. It's why Jesus came to pursue relationship with us. It's why every part of this is a pursuit of you and me. It's relational. And some of us, relationship is easy, and some of us, relationship is hard. But relationship is what we're called to. For some of us, relationship, though, is just superficial. And some of us, the relationship being deep is easy. It's hard for some. It's easy for some. We're all called to it. But what Paul's saying here is he's like, gosh, this is hard. It's hard today. It's hard for me. And I know that going and being with Jesus, that's going to be the best of it all. And I kind of want to do that. I'm ready. This has been rough. And I don't, I don't want to minimize this. There have been many days where I'm like, I'm done. For whatever reason, I'm emotionally spent and I'm done. And God goes, but are you convinced of this? What am I convinced of? I'm what it says in verse 24, that it's more necessary on your account, meaning those I am in relationship with, that I am here engaged relationally. But Paul was convinced of it. And he said, so I'm going to remain and I'm going to continue with you for your progress and your joy in the faith so that because of a relationship with me, you have a lot of reason to glory in Jesus. Our purpose is to bring glory to Jesus. And some days it's crazy hard, crazy hard in motherhood, crazy hard in life. And we have to go back to these passages and go, why am I here? Why am I with this child, Lord? Why did you choose me? I'm ill-equipped and completely inadequate. And God goes, no, the invitation is for you to be convinced of this, that you are there for that child's account, that that child will make progress and joy in a faith walk with Jesus and will glory in Jesus because he's interacted with you. That's why you're there. Some of us, it's like, why am I in this marriage? This marriage is terrible these days. My family is dysfunctional. I have a friend who has just wrecked me. God goes, get convinced of this. There's a parallel passage. It's in Colossians. It sits right next to it. It's like Paul was repeating the same idea to two different churches. And he says, him we proclaim. This is um, chapter 1, verse 28, 29, and then going into 2. It says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all His energy that He powerfully works 
within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that your heart may be encouraged, that you may be knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Paul, Paul didn't keep it a secret that interacting with other people is hard. But God also sets it up consistently and continuously that relationship is what it's all about. We are called for relationship. 2 Corinthians 5 is probably, for me, that massive chunk of scripture that says this is what motherhood, walking with Jesus, is for. Which is to be that voice that speaks of reconciliation with Jesus to our kids. But here in, in Colossians, Paul basically goes, listen, I'm toiling. And we, if we drive that word back in the Greek, like this isn't like casual. Like this is crazy hard work. But I love what he says. He says, for, and this is the phrase. So convinced of this, that's my phrase from Philippians. And right here, it's struggling with all his energy. He powerfully works within me. You see, when I am clinging to what I need to do and be in the list of shoulds, when I've mislaid my purpose to sit with Jesus and and glory in what he has done for me and let that spill through me when I've mislaid that and I'm clinging instead to a list. I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to be like this and I got to make it like this. And when I'm in there, I am not struggling with his energy. And I am absolutely exhausted. But Paul goes, I'm toiling. I'm struggling. But nowhere does he go, and I am as exhausted as I've ever been. Why? Because the power source is not in Paul. The power source is in Christ Jesus. And it's because Paul has learned the beauty of abiding. He has learned the gospel story. That peace pours over us. Because of the kindness that God meets us in every moment. That mercy is meeting mistakes and making us different. That grace is given fully and richly. That we may give grace to those around us. But it's because we are tied in, our eyes are on Him, and not on a list of what we should be. 2 Corinthians 5 is this final piece, I think, to this puzzle of being convinced of it, of toiling with his energy powerfully working in us to be a minister of reconciliation, like it talks about in 2 Corinthians 5. Whether this is with your kids, in your marriage, in your family, in friendships, even at work, even with just people in your church, if we can begin to carry this mindset with us, that we are so engaged with Jesus, that we are compelled, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, it says the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. One died for all, therefore all have died. He died for all that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him 
who for their sake died and was raised. And from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Skip down. It says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, in verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, my friend, when we begin to stand on the truths that we are convinced that Jesus died for us, that we might live, when we begin to understand that we aren't living for ourselves, we aren't living for a list, we aren't living for performance, we aren't living for comparison, we are living for a king who has gone all the way on our behalf. And he just invites us to abide with him, to stay with him, to stay focused on him. And from that place, from that place, allowing his power to be powerfully working in us, through us, to others, speaking the ministry of reconciliation. That's how we bring glory to God. That is the glory of God. That is your purpose and my purpose. We are to know him and to worship him. And the ways we worship him look like this. Motherhood can illuminate massive foundational cracks we have where we have believed lies, believed bad theology, bad teaching. And that stuff has caused us to be bound up cause walls to, and as we build our house for Jesus, walls to have cracks and doors that don't open and shut well. And we have issues in other areas because our foundation is wrong, but we've got to put our foundation on the gospel that Jesus is all we need. He's all we need. And God is pleased to reconcile us to himself because of what Jesus did on the cross, taking our sin from us, making us clean again. And so he puts within us a Holy Spirit who is leading and guiding and counseling and changing us and working through us. And he's not expecting you to get it all done in one day. But he is inviting you to sit with him and allow him to do work in your life. I invite you again. I encourage you. We spend an entire week on understanding purpose and understanding how are we to relate to others as friends, as women, as mothers in this course, this class, this journey that we're on to reset your mind because motherhood, it is hard. But it's not the only place where life is hard. But when we begin to put these concepts in place and disrupt the pathway of a lie 
or a misunderstanding that we've owned and we take it on or just a bad story that we've told ourselves. When we allow the gospel to change that and rewrite it, it radically changes all parts of our lives, not just our motherhood. But I invite you to join us on this journey. You can find a tag in my show notes to it. You can reach out to me and let me know. I would love to walk with you. I I know more than anything that when you sit with Jesus, He will radically transform your life and He will glorify Himself in you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.